Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. We've made it to Wednesday. It's September 7th. I'm Nyla Voodoo. Here's what we're following today. Could zero-down mortgages close the racial home ownership gap? Plus, the California power grid struggles against more extreme heat. But first, today's one big thing. Russia pushes European energy to the brink. Russia has stopped all gas flow to Europe. The Nord Stream pipeline has been a key source of natural gas for decades, providing heat and electricity across the region. And the result of Russia's actions are already being felt keenly in Europe even before the cold weather sets in. The euro has plunged to a 20-year low against the dollar. The UK's new prime minister's biggest first task is to help British households with their energy bills. And France is calling for voluntary cuts of 10% in energy usage or warning it may need to start rationing. Axios' markets correspondent Matt Phillips is here to explain what exactly is going on. Hey, Matt. Hey, Nell. How are you doing? Matt, I guess the big question is, can Europe survive this winter without Russian gas? They're going to have to find out through some combination of cutting demand, capping prices, bailing out their various utilities. Germany is the most dependent because it gets most of its gas from Russia. You know, Germany is Europe's biggest economy. It has an industrial sector where large parts have been engineered basically along the premise of Russian gas being cheap and abundant for the foreseeable future. So this is a huge shock to the way its economy has been structured over the last few decades. What about other countries? Well, UK is an interesting one. They are more reliant on natural gas as part of their energy mix than Germany is. They don't have as much storage capacity as the Germans do. And so they're really being forced to ride the market price, which is wreaking havoc. The main regulator of British energy markets for consumers, they've estimated that they could see prices rise as much as 80% over the next few months. You know, they're already up a a good 40, 50% from, from where they were in 2021. So especially for people at the lower part of the income bracket, this is enormously painful and a giant political liability for anyone who's trying to remain in power. And what does all of this mean for the European economy? It's not good. Tuesday, we had a major French aluminum company announce that they were going to cut production by over 20% uh, by the end of the year. That has implications for uh, employment and for overall economic activity. It's not good when we've seen Europe-focused economists marking down their expectations for growth pretty sharply in both the UK and uh, the Eurozone. Is there any sense of when Russia might restart this pipeline? Well, they say once the sanctions come off, they'll restart it. The strategy that most analysts think Mr. Putin and the Russians are pursuing is that by inflicting maximum amount of pain on European economies this winter, they will be able to break European solidarity and support for Ukraine. And and hopefully um, that doesn't happen. Axios Markets correspondent Matt Phillips. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. One more European energy update. 
Remember the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant? Well, the world got its first independent look at the condition of Europe's largest nuclear power station, with a report from the International Atomic Energy Agency yesterday. Zaporizhia was seized by Russian forces at the beginning of the war, but Ukrainian engineers are still operating the facility. International inspectors found damage to a building that stores radioactive waste and nuclear fuel and said the shelling should be stopped immediately. Both Russia and Ukraine have blamed each other for the shelling. At an emergency meeting of the UN yesterday, top Security Council officials called for a demilitarization of the area in and around the plant and said military from both sides need to leave the facility. In a moment, the pros and cons of the zero down mortgage. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. 44% of Black Americans own their homes, compared to 72% of white Americans. That's according to the National Association of Realtors, and that's nearly a 30% gap, and it's widening. For Hispanic buyers, the gap is nearly 20%. Now, a new pilot program by Bank of America is offering first-time buyers in Black and brown communities zero-down mortgages. Housing Wire lead analyst Logan Motashami is here to explain. Logan, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me on. So, Logan, this program's being offered in Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit, L.A., and Miami. How exactly is this going to work? It really actually is designed to, hopefully, people that are paying somewhat equivalence to their rent, if they can own a house for the guidelines that are implemented, then they believe that that'll be a beneficiary to the household for a very long time. And I think that's the goal of this program is to target lower income households that always have kind of the issues of putting a down payment, having closing costs, you know, impounding your property taxes and insurance. So uh, like all pilots, you really need to see how this works out within probably the a six to 12 months time frame. And then we'll see what the effects of it is. What do you see as the cons of this type of pilot program? Are there any reasons for concern? So when a program like this happens, uh, individuals that get this loan, if they lose their jobs in a recession, have no selling equity whatsoever. Uh, and that's always the risk for zero uh, down payment loans. And there's no real easy solution around this, especially when we're you know, there's a lot of uh, concerns about the next job loss recession recently. So that would be my primary concern with this and any kind of program that has a very low down payment. So does this seem like a sustainable solution to help close the racial gap in homeownership in America? I think the pro is if you can facilitate a fixed payment and the qualifications of the uh, debt to income ratios that are the most key factor into housing, I think that can help close that uh, gap. And then you also have to assume the risk of uh, having a zero down payment loan. When you purchase a home and you have no equity in it, let's assume that you lose your job, you know, four or five months later. A lot of people who have so much nested equity, 30, 40, 50% loan to values on their on their homes, they can sell their homes in relative comfort and not be part of a foreclosure or, or short sale. Somebody that just recently purchased a home with no down, they don't have that luxury. 
Were you surprised to read that Bank of America was doing this? No, because I think we have traditional loans in the last 12 years that are somewhat catered to this. We have down payment assistance programs. The government has always believed that home ownership is the what they call is the forced savings. You buy a home, you have a fixed payment, you stay there for a long time, and then over time, you naturally will build wealth in that regards, even if home values don't go up. So this is one avenue that the government and banks feel like they can accomplish that. Housing Wire's Logan Motashami. Thanks, Logan. My pleasure to be here. Thank you. California declared a power grid emergency on Monday amid a historic heat wave that's continuing to test the state's energy supply. Multiple Bay Area cities broke records with temperatures in the triple digits on Monday. Yesterday, Sacramento, the state capital, hit a scorching 114 degrees. Axios local reporter Megan Rose Dickey lives in San Francisco. It's about 90 degrees right now. And my power went out about 30 seconds ago. So it looks like I'm not supposed to be in an area where there are blackouts, but, you know, the power is out. Hopefully not too many other people are affected right now and hoping that that we can get back on the grid soon. Megan's power did come back on, but these problems are expected to persist throughout the week. And that's in part because this heat wave is also hitting nearby states that could otherwise export power to California. That's it for us today. You can always reach your team by emailing podcasts at axios.com. You can message me on Twitter or you can text me at 202-918-4893. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Our minds lie to us all the time about what will make us happy. On the Happiness Lab podcast, Yale professor Dr. Lori Santos explores evidence-based strategies to live with more joy. She and experts hit the gym to flex friendship muscles, unravel the mystery of why fear and pain can feel good, and examine the you-only-live-once philosophy and why it doesn't work like you think. Along the way, she's joined by guests like Grateful Dead drummer Mickey Hart and Star Trek's very own Wesley Crusher to bust the myths surrounding happiness. Listen to The Happiness Lab wherever you get podcasts.